The Fanboy, episode 121. Francisco Robles, MFR here with you, and this is episode 121 of the Fanboy Podcast, also known as a very fanboy Christmas. How's everybody doing out there? So this is it, guys. Today's the big day. It's Christmas Day. Wonder Woman 1984 has arrived in a theater near you somewhere, depending on where you are. And if you're here in the States, you can currently stream the film directly for free or included in your monthly subscription fee. You can stream Wonder Woman 1984 directly to HBO Max. I know I'm going to be doing that later today with my family. I'm very excited. I hope you guys are going to check out and support this superhero extravaganza. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a very kind of unique and special show because it's going to be less about, you know, let's discuss all the current events that just popped up in these last five minutes. And it's going to be more so a conversation about entertainment in 2020 and all the biggest things that kind of helped me and a guest I have coming on soon uh, get through this insane year. And I can't wait to get to that portion of the episode because, uh, well, it's it's. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, Brett from the Revengers podcast, my old buddy, my we've been friends for, I don't know, 17 years. And uh, my longtime geek fanboy compadre is uh, on the show with me today. He, he's going to be right here live broadcasting from here in Whitestone, here from Estudio Carajo Mierda, right here in my garage. I have Brett coming in and we're going to have an awesome conversation. Very cool things lined up. So for now, since this is a unique and special sort of Christmas episode, uh, I kind of want to start things off with a personal story that kind of ties together a lot of what this show has been about. Um, so hear me out. So you might not know this about me, but I love Superman. And one of the very first things uh, ex exposures I had to Superman as a child was via action figures. You know, I was already made aware of Superman either through cartoons and other media, but the thing that really skyrocketed my love for the character was actually getting to play with an action figure. And actually I've got it right here. Not the exact one because I have so many that, uh, well, all their heads eventually fell off because when I was four, five, and six, I was convinced that my Superman figures could fly because, you know, it's Superman. So I would just chuck them across the room. So I had like a, a graveyard of decapitated Superman figures, but this was the figure. And this might be familiar the, uh, to other 80s babies, but this was the super. For those of you who are watching on the YouTube show, I'm currently displaying the Superman figure that was very popular in the mid to late 80s and early 90s. And um, this, I mean, I had so many of these and I have so many of the extra red capes that I would just put them onto G.I. Joe's and other figures of mine because I just had so many of these freaking things. But having this action figure really uh, excited and pushed my fandom and appreciation for the character even further because on a daily basis, I would just have Superman fighting all kinds of monsters and creatures and I would, you know, it just, 
I have such a warmth for this figure, which, by the way, this particular one my wife got me for my birthday a few years back, and that's why it's still in its case. But if you look closely, and I'll describe it for those of you who are listening to the show as opposed to watching it, if you look closely, you see how his arms don't bend, and you see how the legs only really move vertically, like up and down, not to the sides and all, and the wrists don't move and the head doesn't move and the waist doesn't really move. See, that sort of stuff used to really bother me when I was little. Even when I was like six or seven or eight years old, I would complain to my dad about the fact, and not like, you know, complaining about, why did you get me this crappy toy? I would just sort of vent to him, similar to the way I vent to you guys now. Uh, I would vent to dad about, you know, it's, it's really weird that they make these toys where, like, the figures can't even do the stuff that the character does. You know, they, they can't hit the poses that the character can do, can't move in a way that allows you to use your imagination and have them use the abilities that we're used to them having. I always hated action figures that were basically like hard to maneuver little tanks. And my father, you see, a lot of you have uh, complimented or, or said how wonderful my family movie nights are with my kids and when I describe you know, the way that I'm raising my kids and the, the way I'm passing my, my fandom down to them and the way I'm honoring all of their little interests and the, the way that I, I treat our movies and experiences and geeky things together. And a lot of you have said stuff like, oh, your kids are lucky to have you or, you know, it, it sounds like, you know, you guys are having such a great time. And honestly, a lot of that nurturing of their imagination and nurturing of, of, of uh, the things that alight their imagination comes from my dad. You know, my dad didn't used to just hear me out about my concerns about action figures, but he would really like, you know, he would get into it with me, too, and, and talk about what a good point that is and that we should write letters to the uh, to the toy manufacturers and. Even beyond that, he knew that for me, the perfect Superman figure would be one that's like the G.I. Joe figures. Because if you remember those, like, you know, the, the G.I. Joes that were so big back in the day, they all were superposable. The arms and legs moved in all kinds of positions. They were very maneuverable. They were very tactile. You know, to me, G.I. Joes were like the perfect figures. And I used to use those even with my Star Wars figures because they were the same size. But, you know, my father knew that a Superman that is done in the style of G.I. Joe would be basically the perfect Superman for me. And so for the next several years, we're talking from when I was seven or eight until even as old as like 13 or 14, my dad would always humor my desire to find the perfect Superman doll or action figure, I should say. I mean, not dolls. Uh, <laughs> shut up. When, uh, when, when we, we would get together for our weekend visits, you know, because my parents were divorced and I only saw my dad a couple days a week, a lot of times we would end up at a toy store like a Toys R Us or uh, whatever, any KB Toys, any number of, of basically now defunct toy stores. 
And we would go just basically just to see if by coincidence, not because we saw a commercial or because we heard that there were new Superman figures around, but my father knew that it was important to me to find that perfect one. So for years, we would go to toy stores and visit the DC aisle trying to see, hey, is there an epic Superman figure for Mario? You know, I remember once he even, and this is what a wonderful dad my pop was. You know, I remember once I just told him, we were on the train to Queens and I'm like, dad, I had a dream last night that they released the perfect Superman figure that, that it, it had all like the GI Joe style joints on it and all that sort of stuff. And just based on me saying I had a dream about it, he augmented our path home so we could go to a Toys R Us that night and look for it. You know, that's the kind of dad my dad was and is to this day. You know, he really supports and nurtures uh, that little kid in me. Uh, and the long story short of it is I never found that perfect Superman figure. And even into my adult years, get this, even into my 20s and 30s, when I was not even playing with figures anymore or collecting them or doing anything related to that stuff, I still check the action figure aisle Every time I go to a department store that has toys and I still to this day go check to see if there is an epic G.I. Joe style Superman figure. And uh, this year it happened. This year I was at Target. This is about two months ago. I was at Target pretty much just to go grocery shopping. But as I often do. I, you know, when I got to the back of the store and I was in the back aisle, the bread aisle happens to be near the toy section. So I'm like, eh, let me just go see if there's anything interesting in the toy section. At this point, it's, I almost just do it like on autopilot. Like if I see superhero action figures, I gravitate over there and I never buy anything, but I always just have to check on the Superman situation. So two months ago, I just wandered over on autopilot to the action figure section of my local Target. And I found him. I found my G.I. Joe style Superman figure. And he even has the other details that really matter to me that I didn't bring up. Like he has the cloth cape because I, I never liked the Superman that had the hard plastic shell cape. But... DC has released this G.I. Joe style for all kinds of characters. It's not just Superman, obviously. There's a whole DC collection, the whole DC library for you to choose from done in the style of the classic G.I. Joe toys. So not only does he have the cloth cape, not only is he in the style of the G.I. Joe figures that I loved so much, but he even has the yellow S on the back of the cape because that's something that's hit or miss on the figures. So... I basically found my perfect Superman toy and what I ended up doing right there on the spot, almost to sort of like bring the whole thing full circle and to get to do something that my father never had the pleasure of doing is remember my son has become a big Superman fan these last three or four months after our summer of Superman, after going through all the Reeve movies and Superman Returns and Superman the Animated Series and Man of Steel and BVS and Justice League. You know, my son has become a very big Superman fan and he doesn't have an epic Superman figure. So I did what my dad 
couldn't do because he didn't have the option to back in the day. And I bought my son, Sebastian, that perfect figure. And I've been waiting for Christmas because I, I didn't give it to him. I bought it and I've had it in my garage down here in Estudio Carajo Mierda. I've had it here in my garage along with five other figures from this same line uh, to save until Christmas to give them. And I just had that sort of magical opportunity earlier. You know, it's Christmas Day and I, I, my son opened up his DC figures and he loved his Superman. But more than anything for me, like getting to watch my little boy open up the, you know, this figure that I've been looking for that I basically dreamt into existence years ago, my G.I. Joe style Superman figure. I mean, it, it was rewarding as a father. And it was rewarding as that boy who that little boy who was looking for this his whole life. And you might notice that I said my son opened his. So why am I holding a sealed one here? Because this one's daddy's. <laughs> so, um. I'm going to open this. Look, for those of you who are watching the YouTube show, it's almost like you're getting bonus content. You're getting an unboxing video at the same time. But, um, yeah, I, you know, something that I've already noticed when I opened it for my son, because another big part of this, too, is just like, okay, it looks great, but what if it feels cheap? What if it's got a bad build? You know, or what if the joints are too loose or what if it feels like, oh, you know, if I really play with this thing, it's going to break. So I had to be really delicate with it. And something that I found, look, look I, I unboxed it. See, I, I don't do unboxing videos. I don't know what happens in them. But this thing was in a box and now it's not there. Here's your bonus unboxing content. Who loves you? Who gives you bonus content on Christmas? This guy. Okay. So anyway, um, you know, I was worried about the build. And thankfully, my fears were right away put to rest. This thing is sturdy. It's strong. He could hit all the poses that you want Superman to hit. He can do... I mean, I, I'm going to be playing with this thing. I don't know how or why. I don't know what context I'm going to have for playing with my little Superman figure. But I finally found my perfect... Superman. <laughs> so I had to share that, you know, because I got my son a Christmas gift that was extremely rewarding. And I ended up getting myself one, too. This is the end of a very long and arduous mission to find this kind of Superman figure. And I managed to also, you know, send pictures of it and describe the whole thing to my dad. And my old man was very satisfied and very happy to hear that uh, his boy and his grandson uh, finally got that perfect Superman figure. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a great day so far and it's about to get better because now I'm going to bring on my very close personal friend, Mr. Brett Thomas Miro, formerly of the Revengers podcast, to come on and we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk Wonder Woman 84. We're going to talk some DC on film, of course. We're going to talk Star Wars. We're going to we're going to hit up a lot of stuff. So without further ado, here's me with Brett. Hello, and welcome to this conversation. It's a very fanboy Christmas. I have my old Revenger cohort, Mr. Brett Thomas Miro from the Revengers podcast here with me. 
And uh, Brett, how you doing today? And I'm happy to be here. It's nice to yeah. be podcasting again. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've seen each other, but we haven't gotten to like really yeah. get into the geeky stuff. I feel like on some <laughs> level, we've been like saving an opportunity like this to go really full geek on some things. Yes. So now we get to do that. I'm excited. And I feel like we should acknowledge v- Vanessa. We miss you. We love you. We wish you were here. Our banana. But Vanana, you're having all these wonderful adventures with the Fanboy Garage over with Chris Lasanti and Mr. Aaron Verola. What up? So uh, Vanana, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to put together some sort of reunion, I hope, in 2021. Yeah. But for now, we've got us. And you know what else we've got? we got a lot of wine. Because since it is Christmas, uh, I have to make some coquito. You can't be even like a little bit Puerto Rican and not have coquito for Puerto R- for for Christmas. And I'm I'm 50% Puerto Rican, so that really puts a lot of pressure on me. So that means for those of you who are unaware, I need empty wine bottles. <laughs> I need places to put the coquito into. So Brett is going to help me. He's already working on his first very heavy pour of of cabernet. Yes. And uh, we're going to be trying to do our best to empty a bottle or two of Cabernet so that I can make Oquito after we record this very wonderful episode. But all right, Brett. So 2020 has been a pretty trying year for, you know, the world. Yeah. And everyone's needed different things to kind of get through it, to sort of cope, to sort of, you know, feel some semblance of normalcy through all this chaos. And I often argue that while we love to go on like Twitter and Reddit and Facebook and all this crap and bicker and argue about entertainment the real purpose of it all is to take us away from our troubles indeed so (laughs) yeah so with 2020 being a year worth escaping i guess i wanted to open with are there any you know what what like what's like a video game a movie or a tv show or a combination thereof that really kind of helped you get through 2020 yeah well i mean i should start out by saying that i'm pretty much a, a homebody so I don't know if tw- 2020 was as taxing on me as like it was with like a lot of other people. And like, it's I'm true. sorry if it did affect you very heavily. Um, I know definitely have people around me and close to me that uh, are not dealing with it as, as you know, as great as they, you know, wish they could, I guess. But for me, I was like, oh, I get to be stuck inside and just do all my entertainment things. It's, <laughs> it's not that bad. Not be bothered. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not that horrible. Um, So. Starting off, there's there's the wine. There's the um, wine cap. Sorry. So, yeah, for me, I mean, probably one of the, the biggest uh, things right at the beginning of the pandemic, which, like, you know, for us, I think the shutdowns really started in March. Um, I think everyone will agree that Animal Crossing coming out for Nintendo Switch <laughs> was an absolute lifesaver because it was like, oh, I can kind of live a normal life here, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I cannot do anything else. And um, I'll be honest, I, I did fall off the Animal Crossing train, but I did play it religiously every day probably from march until june wow i did check my switch i clocked 240 hours in there and oh my i mean in that in that month well well here's the thing well, <laughs> in that no, month or two it, no i was well, even three months <laughs> so well here's the thing too i a lot of the times i mean i was working from home and uh for those that don't know i do liquor and wine sales so it was mostly just on the phone so i literally just keep the game on like all day yeah, make yeah, phone yeah. calls then like dig up a few fossils. Way, i'm not judging by the way because no. i've spent probably at least that much <laughs> in gta but keep going right so i mean you know, <laughs> you know doing the basic chores digging up fossils buying clothes building terraforming you know selling all, like fruit all the cool stuff and yeah, things. selling fruit planting trees um um, you know, all that all that fun stuff that uh, I couldn't do because of COVID. So that uh, really saved me a lot. It was it just it's one of those games that I think 
it's just so full of joy. It's yeah. something that like Nintendo, I think, always really brings to all their games. So uh, I definitely started off with that. I did fall off, though, because there is a, a, a level of tedium. And then, you know, other things came out. Uh, so definitely for video games, uh, big shout out to Animal Crossing this year. Um, can, yeah. can I piggyback on please, that for a please. sec before you move on to your next thing? Because I feel like open world games probably had a great year this year. I feel like in a year where most people were trapped at home, they probably chose video games that made them feel like they were out and about, like in an open world, right. just being able to move freely and do whatever they want yes. because you couldn't do whatever you wanted in real life. Replicate the real world experience yeah. as much as possible. It's funny because you mentioned Animal Crossing. And for me, the big thing was, as I mentioned already, was GTA Online. Yes. Being able to get, I'm, I'm stuck at home, but here I can get in a car and drive around and do things. Yeah. Which I know we actually jumped on yeah. uh, earlier. I know it kind of fell off but like uh you uh me and then also and rob, rob and, Jer- and, well, and jeremy, jeremy here and there too yeah and we were well jeremy j- jumped in when we did red dead redemption yes. which is another yes. open world game so to me like the big things i did a lot of this summer in the video game realm were those open world things that yeah. gta that red dead online that thing that makes me feel like i'm not trapped and confined in yeah. my four walls no i'm out and about in a huge open map able to move freely and do whatever the hell and I, I want and i'm not a multiplayer guy really i do the escapism and i like to do single player yeah and like get yeah. lost but uh this in year this... for me i did the most multiplayer stuff i've ever done because it was a way to just stay in contact with friends oh, and yeah talk to you guys and that, that was like a huge lifesaver i think for myself and i'm sure a lot of people yeah i mean i remember talking that. to Kristen about that a lot where it's like I would be in such a good mood the next day after we stayed up until two in the morning doing missions on GTA or Red Dead or whatever that I would explain to Chris and I'm like, it felt like hanging out. It was the closest thing to hanging out was being on headset with you guys playing video games. And so I guess I kind of want to open this up to you, anyone listening or watching this, like... Did anyone else find that open world games got like extra love from you in 2020 with everything going on? Because I don't know, it definitely did on my house yeah. and it sounds like it did for Absolutely. you too. Um, so is there a TV show or a movie that, or, or several I'm sure, yeah. but what's a TV show or, or, or several that got you through 2020? You know, it's funny. And like, I, when I try to think back, I watched probably a million things and I'm like, I can't even think of anything right now. Everything in my head is like recent stuff. But, um, I know for like this year, I definitely like, I do, I had watched many episodes of the office before, Mm. but like, I never really like watched it like chronologically all the way through. So I've been like actually going back to a lot of older stuff that maybe I didn't really get to like completely engross myself in. Um, so yeah, I've been watching though. I'm still, and I'm still making my way through that slowly. Cause I've been back and forth office. Um, of course, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit later Mandalorian, which was more recent, but I mean, that's been, you know, a huge, a huge boon to my life. <laughs> um, uh, trying to think what else, anything major. I, I honestly, it's like weird. I can't even like think of anything right now. I mean, you know, I feel like a lot of us ventured into things just to pass the time like tiger king was really huge yes i mean at all, the start of the how year can i forget all the documentaries yeah it's like yeah tiger king <laughs> um especially that was something uh my fiance and i like absolutely loved and, yeah but it was it was it was a great year i think for that and like sharing what we've been watching with like friends and family um, yeah i usually do that anyway but like i feel like this year more than ever it's really been you know a way to just you know again escape have something to talk about. And I think, yeah, entertainment and media has definitely benefited. Oh, I wouldn't say the movie industry so much, but yeah. for things that were completed, uh, yeah, yeah, they're killing it. Or, or, but, but to be more clear too, it's one facet of the movie industry that got hit. But if you think about it, the industry through streaming 
Yeah, the entertainment industry through streaming probably had its greatest year ever. Oh, yeah. And the paradigm that we've discussed on the that we used to discuss on the Revengers right. quite frequently. The, this move to streaming, this move mm-hmm. to like everyone has four or five streamers and what is their breaking point? How many streamers is enough when you cut the you know, like yeah. we we've been to- we talked about this quite a bit. And twenty twenty was the year that basically forced the world right. to get into this whole streaming insanity. Um, so listen, I, I'm sure there's lots of different things that you dabbled in that you didn't necessarily think you were gonna. It's been overload. Yeah. That's why I can't think of anything <laughs> right now. It's like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, that's maybe also like uh, to, to detriment but, yeah. of a lot of things is that like, I have had so much stuff flowing in and out yeah. that like now I'm like, it's just a big blur. I mean... Yeah, it's true. Like at some point throughout the year, like our big thing was like we binged all of Shit's Creek, and that was awesome. Have you have you checked we, that out? We at all? also watched that. Yes, it's. It, I mean, it was such like a pleasant. It's got so much heart. It, yeah, it, to have something that's so like positive and filled with heart mm-hmm. and family and togetherness in the middle of all of what's going Absolutely. on. Shit's Creek was like a great gift. So if you haven't checked out Shit's Creek, yeah, uh, you, you should. should. It's on Netflix. It became a phenomenon during its final season, which was very unique of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It had like five seasons where like its small niche audience loved it. And then it came to Netflix and the whole world fell in love with it. Yeah. Just in time for it to end. Like yeah, it's such I a know, unique. It's very, very weird. Yeah. But yeah, what a, what a great show. I mean, it, yeah, it's one of those like, you know, there's so many shows out there with like, like right now I'm watching uh, a show that I missed uh, way back when Dexter. Oh yes, which is just a lot of murder and, and, and blood. But and, it's coming back, and so it is we should coming talk back, about which that. Which is why I'm also watching it. So we'll talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my fiance actually didn't want me to watch it because she watched it way back when when it actually aired, and then she's actually for years been talking about it. and We just never got around to it. Now, of course, was the perfect time. Nice. So, but like something like that, you know, it's very engrossing. It's very engaging. You're looking at you know murder and blood every five seconds. <laughs> so it was nice to just have like something like Shit's Creek, where it, like really was like it was never mean. It, it no. wasn't. I mean, it was mean, but it was lovingly. It was familiar. Yeah. Familial mean. Uh, and, and, and yeah, that, exactly. Familial mean. That's a good way to put it. So yeah, that, that was just like a really nice show to, to watch and, and unwind with, especially, you know, it, it, this year was uh, stressful. I mean, the, the, the liquor industry actually did great. Uh, and um, he works in the liquor industry. Well, so who you, had it better than you? Yeah. As, lo- if you, as long as you weren't uh, a salesperson for restaurants, unfortunately, in New York, because that happened. I luckily uh, work at like stores and retail stores. So they actually saw like a big spike this year. So you know, and it was stressful. Like trying to sell over the phone is really hard. It's very yeah. easy for people to say no. So anyway, I won't talk about my job. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, I mean, like it's it's. I've been in and out of everything. Um, so much gaming. <laughs> but see, so. but, 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 and, and what's crazy though about 2020 is that for the first year ever, because of a historic pandemic, the question like. What was your favorite movie this year, or what were your top five this year? I don't know. How does that work? Like, did you even like watch any movies this year? I, I feel like we all watch TV shows. Maybe that's just me, but I feel yeah. like I rarely sat down to watch a two-hour movie. When I sat down to start something amidst all this chaos, it was what has like three or four seasons that's going to keep me busy for a while. So yeah. I didn't do a lot of movies. But is there a movie that you got to or, or a few that you got to that were like, this was worth it this year? Um, no. <laughs> I know, honestly, because you know what it is for me, too? Um, my fiance uh, always falls asleep very early. So sometimes movies are a big commitment to have to they do a are. two, three hour thing. They are. So it ends up being shows because we could watch like two episodes, three yeah. episodes and just like stop. And you don't feel like you're like, oh, man, because like I hate pausing movies like me personally. I hate having to pause. I want to. Yeah, I want to have the through line. That's true. I, so I agree that. Yeah. So and just like 
there weren't a lot of movies this year, at least that I was like super interested in. Yeah, like there was in. a lot of like straight to streamer type stuff, but yeah. in terms Which of I'm like, sure, like major. I can't think of anything right now, so I guess nothing left like that big of an impression. Yeah. But I'm sure there was stuff I enjoyed. No, I'll think of it later after the podcast, which is really helpful. Well, <laughs> one movie that's arriving today, yes. Christmas Day. Is uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984, yes. which I've been arguing these last two or three weeks is basically the movie of the year. It is, you know. So, so I guess I haven't asked you this through our hangouts these last few months. So, what is your current hype level like to see Wonder Woman 84? I'm actually very excited. Um, you know, at this point too, I think there's been some buzz and some reviews have have come out. So the buzz is good. So that's always comforting. But yeah, even since they announced it, I've been like very excited for this movie because the original Wonder Woman was such a bright spot for the mm-hmm. DC. What is it? EU? Is it? What is it? Do we know anymore? I mean, for I don't DC, think there's for a DC on film. For DC on, How's let's that? go for DC on um, film. So yeah, that was such a bright spot, and yep. uh, you know, I've been looking forward to this, and I think it's actually like really nice that they're they decided to do this i know like there's obviously a, in the industry they're not happy about a lot of this stuff but um as far as patty jenkins is concerned uh, she's actually thrilled to do this and she even i think came out and said that like i'm very excited to release this because i think people need it they just need like, yeah. a good film so i'm i plan to watch it today uh you know that's going to be like you know at least like what three hours or probably something of my yeah, christmas yeah, yeah. night um whatever it is two and a half three hours yeah it's funny you mentioned that because something that, that that's happened since the last episode of the fanboy that I had wanted to mention is that the ad campaign for this movie makes me very happy. I don't know if you had a chance to see any of the like over the air broadcast commercials for mm-hmm. Wonder Woman 84, but the ones that emphasize the HBO Max um, release and the, the accessibility of it, they all kind of bring up how like the world needs this right now. Yep. We need hope. We need optimism. We need heroism. We need you know the love and positivity that this movie is going to bring. And that's something that I talk about on the show a lot where I feel like, you know, I love it when a movie can be that zeitgeist thing, that thing that kind of like helps a culture with whatever's going on right now. And a lot of times lately in these last few years, it feels like, all movies, no matter how amazing they are, they're one of many zeitgeisty things happening right. at the same time. But right now we're in a place where Wonder Woman 84 really is like the only thing occupying that It gets to exist space. on its own. Yeah. Uh, which is great for it, actually. Yeah. I mean, so like, DC. Yeah. So like selling it like this thing that's going to bring joy to the world, like it's something that the world needs. Like it might seem a little overblown, you know, for a movie, mm-hmm. it's a superhero movie, there's been a million of them, whatever. But like, I I feel it could be, you know? And I sure. feel like what the world does need now is a story that sounds like the one that we're going to see. You know, I, I've been very limited on my like reviews and things and that I've been re- reading on the movie because I, I want to go into it fresh. Yeah. But most of what I've heard is that it's a positive, joyous, optimistic experience. And, you know, that's why I'm definitely making time to see it today, too. We've got a bunch of family coming over. We've been talking about it for weeks. We actually rewatched the first one earlier on in December so that this would feel fresh. So, yeah, this is a must-see, like, today event movie which 2020 can't really argue it it's had many of those yeah <laughs> and you actually it's just talking about how joyous this movie seems to be you just jogged my memory and oh. i remember something that i specifically wanted to bring up okay. again i'm not gonna remember everything but one of the things actually that was a real joy it's this okay year, man it's, it's the okay one. man hey, why don't we make a toast man it's the one he's the one um so i should sip right it's a, it's, it's illegal <laughs> i think but yeah i think you have to give eye contact 
So actually, uh, if you have Disney Plus, uh, kind of under the radar because I don't think I saw like any advertisement for it. But there's a new Muppet show. Oh yeah, you've mentioned this freaking Muppet show so to me. I am I am a diehard Muppets fan. Like I love the Muppets. They like they, I loved them as a child, and like they still make me feel good. It, like it really is. It's like oh, such I, a feel good thing. So I pop. And I was I was actually a huge fan a few years ago. ABC had brought a new ser- a new uh, Muppet show uh, to network television, which was basically The Office with Muppets, which I thought was such a great conceit. And unfortunately, no one else did, so it got canceled in one season. But it's good. You can find it out there. Look for it. I think it's on Disney Plus. But Anyway, they have a new Muppet show. It's very short. I think it's only like 15 minutes. Um, what? Yeah. Like every episode is 15 minutes? Yeah, it's a short thing. I quick. could actually watch that. Me you and could. my ADD could actually watch that. You could do it. And it, it and it's funny you say ADD because it is totally for the YouTube generation. The YouTube. The YouTube generation. The YouTube. The YouTube generation. The whole actual premise is that Scooter is kind of like the manager. And he's basically trying to get the show up every week. And it's you know, Miss Piggy, Kermit, all of them doing their own little like YouTube like little videos oh, and clips okay. and little shows. And he and it's like it, the whole premise is that like he's trying to put the show together and edit it and like get everything uploaded. So like, and then everyone is like you know freaking out and going, "You didn't edit this, you didn't do that." So it's like this whole big thing. It's, it's very <laughs> fun. It's very you know timely. Yeah, but it's great. It's it's one. It's again like 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 a. Uh, it's what Creek. the world needs now. It's just like Shit's Creek. It's it just feels good. It's never mean. It's funny. Uh, they have so many great celebrity guests on it too. I mean, Muppets is always pretty damn good about that. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like they. Oh my god, it it is excellent. It is it is like like Danny Trejo does a cooking show with Swedish Chef. Do I need to say more? It is wow, like the Danny thing. Trejo on He's the on Muppets, it and he makes a like a chicken mole, and it's, it looks really good. Like it's like legit cooking show. Like and the Swedish chef's there, and which is he's hysterical. He's my favorite. So um, that's amazing. So anyway, so I, it's called Muppets now. So if you have not checked that out, it's like Muppets ahora, and it's got a lot of stuff for. It. It's got a lot of stuff for adults on it, uh, too. So it's not just purely for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely, as an adult, I, I was like, I had tears of joy in my eye every episode. Dude. But again, I am like, I love the Muppets. Yeah. Like, probably in an unhealthy way. Um, so, no, but the, listen, yeah. it, it can't be overstated. They make having... my soul sing. They really do. Like, they really bring me so much joy. Like, I don't know how you could watch that and, like, just not enjoy it in even, like, an iota. Like, it's, yeah. just, it's very, very good and heartwarming. So, please check out Muppets now because I want them to make more. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. It makes your heart yeah. sing. That it's was, positive. That's it's... my, you know what? That's my show of 2020. The Muppets, Muppets, Muppets Now. On, Muppets Now on 2020 on is Plus. Brett Thomas Miro's show of 2020. Feel Good Show of 2020. Do feel it. Good. Make it happen. You want to feel good? Watch Muppets Now. And have, maybe have some wine, too. I mean, listen, a little bit of vino never hurt anybody. But we were just talking about Wonder Woman 84, and I I had to ask you, you know, Patty Jenkins Mm -hmm. is about to head to another universe. Mm. You know, the DC (laughs) universe is very important to us. You know, I'm a Superman guy. You're a Batman guy. You know, but Patty is now about to go to that galaxy far, far away. I'm so excited. Now, (laughs) I had my chance on episode 120 to sort of gush about what that means to me. But I'm just curious. Like, now, you know, you you have a feeling about this filmmaker. You hear that she's coming to Star Wars. She's doing Rogue Squadron. What do you think? What's your first response? I have 
my some of my favorite parts of Star Wars is obviously the space battles. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's like the human element and all that stuff. But the space battles, the X wings, the Tie Fighters, I I love that stuff. And uh, you know, and you know, one of the bright spots I think of the new trilogy, I thought they had some like really cool space battles and scenes. Um, and you know, I just I kept wanting more. And now you're telling me you give me an entire movie of that. Yeah. And you know, the cool little teaser that she did, I didn't know that she grew up with her, her like, around mm-hmm. her Air father Force was a fighter her pilot. Father was a fighter uh, fighter pilot. So. That is like for me like a match made in heaven. Yeah, it is super cool. And side, uh, I'm of course I'm gonna have a video game angle. Um, this year, uh, EA, who has the Star Wars license, did release a video game called Star Wars Squadrons. I know, it, that, but is that a true sequel to the Nintendo Rogue Squadrons? It's Factor a five games spiritual successor. There's no like on foot stuff. Okay, it's purely a flight sim, which it should be. When and they yeah. went to on foot, that pissed me off. Yeah, because it, it, it didn't control well. Yeah. Um. Uh. But anyway, it's a pure flight sim. But when I say sim, I mean, I, and you can adjust like how simulate simulatory. I don't. Is that a word? How much of a <laughs> simulation? Simulatory. simulatory. Um. How much simulation it is, but it is like very involved. Like yeah. you have to control your throttle. I mean, the rolling. Uh, you know how you roll the ship, barrel roll. Uh, you have to control where you uh, send your um, actual uh, energy or power for the ship to shield what? the engines. Oh, it's, like they do in the movies. Oh they talk God. about like send all energy to the defense. Yeah, they like put the it to the shield, front shields, back shields. You literally can do that. It's awesome. It feels cool. really good. What system is that on? It's on uh, Xbox and PlayStation and on you PC. Know, you should have a podcast about video games. You know, uh, if only somebody had a thought. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, no, like I, I, I haven't been able to talk about this stuff, so I'm going to talk about it with him. Uh, so let's make him reignite the play it loudcast. We, I'm putting you on the spot. We might. I, I've been really considering I, it. So, Poppy. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so the game's phenomenal. It looks great. It plays great. It's also, it was only $40. They released it as like a budget title. I like $40. And it's on sale. Well, it was at least for like $24. So I picked it up like in Thanks the last Thanks for week. letting us know that it was once on sale. It may still be on sale. I don't know. <laughs> check. Check. Check now. They, they had like end of year sales and I'm sure they'll be going through Christmas into New Year's. Yeah. So, uh, so but it's I, funny you connected this news to that because I had the same thing when they announced Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron. I thought about the video game Yeah, and I mean, I loved those games. I think I just bought the game like literally like a day before they made the announcement because I literally just got it like maybe (laughs) a week ago or something like that. So yeah, it it got me even more excited because that game is really cool and it's it's first person only. There's no third person. Yeah, you literally have to use like the ship controls and the readouts. Oh wow, it's like you really need to rely on that stuff. I need to play that. It's very cool. Um, and apparently there's multiplayer dogfights too, but I don't think I'm that good yet. So, but. The thing that gets me most excited is yeah. that this isn't Michael Bay making Rose Squadron. No. You know, this is Patty Jenkins. And what makes Patty Jenkins a unique filmmaker, at least from what I've seen so far from Wonder, Wo- from Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and from the trailer for Wonder Woman 84, is that she's a filmmaker that seems to understand that character and heart and story are very important. The human that, element. Yeah, the human element. You could have all kinds of bells and whistles and explosions and beautiful CG and all this other stuff. If the heart isn't there, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So to have her bring that sensibility to a story that it sounds like is going to be somewhat personal to her mm-hmm. because her father was a fighter, fighter pilot. So it feels like, you know... That makes it extra special. The fact that she's going to bring that character-driven element, that sense of heart, that sense of personality, that's that human spark. Yes. Which to me, like without that, it's not really Star Wars. It might look like it. You can get X-wings and explosions and throw in a Death Star, whatever. 
It's not going to feel like Star Wars if I don't give a damn about the people involved. Correct. Star Wars, you know, Lucas always made sure that we made sure that the characters are people you could root for and all that sort of stuff. I feel like Patty Jenkins gets that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, because are you now? I want to do a little speculation, Ooh. or at least something that I hope, because uh, obviously I don't think there's a script or a story or anything yet with this. But one thing that I want to see, and I think a lot of people do, um, a big fan favorite character. From Show the... everyone your shirt while you talk about. Oh yes, yeah, so I, I'm wearing. I'm wearing, I don't want to knock anything over. Star oh, Wars. Swag, buddy. Yep, there we go. The OG trilogy. And um, I'm wearing the S from your favorite Superman movie. Oh, you like Superman? <laughs> this is the Superman Returns S. Your is it? favorite. It Superman. looks like the Man of Steel one. No, it's the SRS. It's your favorite. It's his favorite. No, it's not. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. Um. So, uh, you lost. You killed me. So, uh, I'm dead now. So, uh, a, a fan favorite character from yes. the new trilogy is Poe Dameron. <laughs> yes. And in, in my opinion, there was he was not underutilized. Underutilized. Not enough of him. And clearly he had mm. a, uh, you know, career leading up until he got, uh, like, be, be, like, right under command of her, under uh, uh, Princess Leia. Are you about or to General suggest Leia. that Patty Jenkins does an Oscar Isaac starring Rogue Squadron movie? I want it. I want his black and orange X-Wing in there. And I, I want him, like, even right, think of that. right before, like, the new trilogy starts. Like, you know, maybe see how he worked his way up to becoming, like, the right-hand man of General Leia. Um, and people love Oscar Isaac. It's a great draw. I think people like that character. And he didn't get to show off what he can do. This is Oscar freaking Isaac. Yeah, and like the coolest thing he had, honestly, was that I don't even remember which movie it was in, but it was that one scene where like him and an X-wing squadron were like on that one planet, really low over the water. Which I love that whole shot. That sequence. was in the first one. That was in the first one, Force Awakens. That probably had some of the best X-wing stuff. That's when actually. he comes to rescue Finn and Han and Rey on that planet with uh, what's her face, the girl, the lady who looks like ET. Oh, E.T. Lady. What, you know the one with the with the goggles. Lupita. Lup- Lupita. That, that's an inside joke from the Revengers. We can watch. never talk about that one. We can never. But yeah, so that's from The Force Awakens. You just blew my mind. I didn't even think about that. Because yeah. I was that, thinking, when are they going to set it? You know, like, yeah, we could do like an in-between one of the original trilogy. again. But you could again, do like or... prequels, like, like with the like the Naboo fighters and stuff like that. that you know, it doesn't too. have to be X-Fighters. They had a lot general. more variety there with like the A-Wings, the B-Wings, the Y-Wings, the X-Wings. The... I mean, I guess a part of me assumes that it's going to involve characters we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. But now that you've mentioned using Poe. And getting more time with Oscar Isaac in Star Wars, you've just melted my brain. Because also, you know, one of the things in uh, Rise of Skywalker, they had, uh, Poe had that little, uh, you know, character development where they went on, I forgot, they went on that one planet and then they ran into Carrie Russell. But I forgot her name. She had a cool outfit. Oh yeah, show us more about that. And then like apparently he used to be like a, a spice runner. I mean, that could that's be, true. Maybe we get him as a spice runner, and then like he gets like caught by the Republic or the New Republic, and then they like convert him into an X-wing, you know, an X-wing pilot or something. I don't, I don't know. Brett, I'm just mad now. I'm just here. I'm just I'm mad just now here. because I didn't think of any of this. Yeah, I thought of it right away. I was you like, know, I want Poe Dameron. I love Oscar Isaac. I want him in everything. So you know, we should like podcast about movies. If so, if only anyone had an idea to do something like that. Who knows? But yeah, like, okay. If we get, see, what excites me about this is it's implied heavily that Poe Dameron is an amazing pilot. Mm -hmm. And when we do catch quick glimpses, which are just quick glimpses, really, it's shown that he's amazing. But like, again, it's primarily implied and spoken of, aside from these, you know, these quick glimpses in Force Awakens and in The Rise of Skywalker. To get a movie where we actually get to see that, like... 
Yeah, that's that, that. I mean, I was just talking about yeah. that on 120 about how like, and we're and this is jumping ahead now, but like in Mandalorian season finale, literally just bring we got to see Luke finally be as cool as we really thought him to in be. In Rogue One, we got to really see the threat that Vader is. And in episode five of season two of The Mandalorian, we got to see Boba Fett be all that he can be. Give me so, Poe. Give me the real Poe So Dameron. these new projects. Why did Leia trust him so much? Yeah. Why did she have him as like his her right-hand man? Let's see Poe in all of his glory. I think it, it, you know, with that too, I think it just helps... It helps the project, I think, too. I think, listen, I think everyone... I think the wine crazy, glass has too much yeah. wine and not enough at the same time. Sorry. I think you're crazy if you're not excited for Rogue Squadron, no matter what it is going to be, honestly, because it's just, it's going to be space dogfights. That's amazing. But, I mean, just to, like, really kind of keep it to, you know, some of the new stuff we've gotten uh, or received, gotten's not a word, is it? Um, and uh, I think Poe po was the way to go because it, it brings um, a familiarity. Uh, mm -hmm. Especially for some of the new Star Wars fans, and I think people that have been Star Wars fans their whole life yeah. uh, just want to see X Wings fight. <laughs> so in the space, so that's cool. Yeah, I mean, and not to mention too, I almost wonder if because a part of me feels like it's just going to be like a, that's just a test title. It's a it, it's a code name, right? I imagine it might have a name that is more revealing. But then again, maybe it is Rogue Squadron. Yeah. If they stick with Rogue Squadron, I wonder if it's going to feel in a way like it's part of Rogue One. Because there was Rogue One, now there's right. Rogue Squadron. So it's like it it, it almost it, it might give the impression that they're planning on making movies about these different rogue groupings. Yes. So there was a movie about Rogue One, the very first rogue mission. They stole the Death Star and right. it led to everything. The Rogue Squadron could be about how like Rogue Squadron became to be a thing, possibly. They could do so. Yeah, many I mean, there's a million it. things they could do, but it's an interesting idea, and I just wonder if audiences are going to be a little bit like. Oh, is Rogue Squadron a sequel to Rogue One? I don't know. Yeah, but well. you know, but if if it's Oscar Isaac, I think uh, I think I'm very sold on. Yeah, that. I mean, who are you gonna? Like, that's a perfect way to anchor. And the you film get Carrie Russell star. in there. Maybe yeah. we get Carrie Russell in her cool. She had a cool suit. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the best part of Rise of Skywalker. Her like really deep, mysterious voice. Yeah, and her a lot of eyeliner. Yeah, she was great. <laughs> but um, drink some more wine while I set oh, yeah, us up going, on the going. next I'll topic. Just, I'll just gurgle this. So. Yeah, because you got to catch up. I'm on like glass number uh, three. Nightmare. You've been talking and not really drinking much. So I'm going to take a very long time in this segue so that Brett can catch up to me. <laughs> but um, on episode 120, I got to talk about the Mandalorian season two finale. Uh, the, the finale that gave us Luke Skywalker's return to the Star Wars realm. Yep. A a Luke's a, 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 we got to get a finale that shows Luke is now going to take Grogu on as a Padawan, mm -hmm. although we kind of know that that must not end right because by the time we get to Episode Eight, he's the last Jedi. So that's something we should probably touch on too. I mean, th th there's a lot of things about this finale that we need to discuss. So I guess first things first. How are you feeling coming out of season two of The Mandalorian? Are you feeling like they stuck the landing on season two and it expanded on season one and made you more excited? Or did anything was there anything about this that held it back for you? I don't know. No, How are you feeling? I uh, am I'm over the moon. Um, really, that was a tremendous... I mean, season two was just excellent. Um, it, it, it's something to be said. Uh, I, I love short, concise seasons of shows. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I, the six to eight episodes is the sweet spot. I know people are always like, I want more, but 
I mean, whenever you have these seasons that are 12, 13 episodes, there's at least three episodes that are total filler and usually are, are not. It's like the B squad. Right? Well, I yeah. feel like the Marvel Netflix movie, the Marvel Netflix series all suffered from yeah. that. Right. I think almost honestly, I, I it's hard for me to like name a show that I think doesn't have like at least three episodes, two or three episodes of dead space that and, and if it's a season that's like over 10 episodes. Mm. Um, so I think the eight and, and you know, the fact that the Mandalorian also like they don't stick to like, you know, oh, it's an hour or 45 minutes. Like the episodes are all yeah. a half hour. Some are 40 minutes it's true they just tell the amount of story they need to tell and that way it never gets i don't think it ever really like gets pulled down so anyway it's uh no no, no it's good but yeah no the finale was was tremendous uh getting the, like when that oh my god when that x-wing showed up <laughs> i was like wait did you know right away oh the sooner i saw the x-wing like my heart stopped <laughs> really i was on because the... we've seen x-wings throughout the season there have been a couple times we've seen an but it x-wing. was one x-wing <laughs> it was a singular x-wing and, okay. and you know i was able to like put together i knew that like obviously grogu was on the 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 little the seeing stone or whatever it's called uh and also he spoke to a jedi he spoke to a jedi and, uh, and then like as soon as the x-wing showed up i was like okay <laughs> you knew i knew oh, i'm jealous and then as soon as like the old black cloak i was like Okay, and then and when then for course, me the green it was the all black coke. Okay, the, the all black like, like the, the X wings didn't give it away because we had seen a few X wings throughout the season. So you might think, oh, somebody showed up to help. I mean, listen, I knew this must be somebody special. Well, also Cara Dune wasn't expecting it, and she's a part of the New Republic now. Uh, so oh, when yeah. she said, "Oh, they sent one X wing," great. I was like. Okay, so she's not even aware about this. I didn't even think so of that. So she had no connection. So, like, she yeah, didn't call anybody that in. That should have alerted me that it's not but part it's almost of like, the main... I can see that. Like, I almost wanted to, like, block it out because I just wanted to wait for, like, the real moment. And I think, like, if you didn't pick up on it, obviously the green lightsaber should have... That's what that's what it for down me. your spine. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you just saw him. I mean, it was basically... It, like, you said it already. It was the Rogue One Vader moment. But yeah. Luke <laughs> might have been even cooler. Um... I mean, and I have a side tangent on that, but ooh. let's finish with this. Um, it's just for all the the people that hated the Last Jedi, Luke Skywalker. Um, I have something to say about that, but anyway, we'll go we'll go back. So yeah, it was tremendous. It ended, and in a way, I was kind of disappointed that I guess maybe this is well, who knows, but maybe it's the end of seeing Grogu for a little bit. Yeah. But at the pro- same time, I was like, were they really going to do another season of him trying to get this him somewhere? Yeah. You know. Uh. So I I, I kind of in a way it's good and. Uh, if you, I just started watching the Clone Wars, which is the animated series that has a lot of, you know, critical, pretty, pretty high critical reception and, uh, discovering watching the first thing, the Mandalorian, that there seemed to be a lot of lore from that animated series that I missed. Um, so especially this season with Ahsoka and, you know, uh, um, I'm in the same boat, by the way, I didn't watch Clone Wars. So a lot of the stuff that gave people complete goosebumps and yeah. freakouts went over my head. Well, you know? Clone Wars apparently gives like some Boba Fett backstory in oh, throughout man. the seasons. I, I need to watch um, that. Bo-Katan watch that. Uh, is also from the Clone Wars and, and there's a lot of talk of Mandalore this season, Mandalore the Great, the Darksaber, Moff Gideon. That's all from Clone Wars. You see, like, I didn't know that whole bit. I mean, they explained it thankfully. Yeah. But apparently Bo-Katan was in custody of the Darksaber. She was the rightful owner. And Moff Gideon ended up with it. So he beat her or combat we, or something like, yeah that. yeah like are we gonna see that too like that's another thing too yeah. like how much of this are we gonna you know they, they keep expanding on the mythology yeah. are we gonna see that too i mean that'd yeah. be amazing i forgot if you see i mean i didn't see it watch it all yet obviously i'm very early on in clone wars there's like 130 episodes or something i watched like five um so bo katan though uh she 
was like basically if you have the dark saber you're like the rightful ruler of mandalore which is the planet the mandalorians are from um everyone always thinks it's like destroyed or like the empire did something to it but apparently it's still around so they already set up season three if you were paying close attention because din jaren did is now the king of mandalore well that and also the fact that he did promise bo katan that he would help her take back Mandalore if she helped him with like uh, yeah. you know, Grogu and, and getting Grogu back. And, and, so and, that's and, basically and, your season three. So I mean like I think at this point you have to watch the Clone Wars if you haven't watched it yet because especially it's Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni did all the Clone Wars. He's heavily involved in this uh, in the Mandalorian. So I, you gotta you gotta join that. So there's a few splinter party. questions from this that yes. I want to ask you. So first of all with season three now kind of coming into focus, because you're right, at first it could seem like, wait a minute, these first two seasons have been all about Grogu and bringing this baby Yoda to safety. Now, without Grogu front and center, the show might lose its focus. But then again, there's this thing now where technically our star accidentally, because I like he this was part of his quest, right. and it feels like, oh, no, this is the natural earned next chapter of this story. We found out that he stumbled upon becoming the king of Mandalore. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um the responsibility of that. Yes, like I, you know, with season 3, like do we, you know, it, it's just an interesting thought to suddenly now like we're going to shift the focus. And I guess I guess I have I have a couple of questions for mm-hmm. you here. Does that excite you or do you wish it stayed more with that bounty hunter conceit of like a different mission and and checking out a different sort of corner of the Star Wars universe? You know what I mean? Because this feels now like if we're going to really tackle this where he's the king of Mandalore, Mm -hmm. that's really going to be the main story of season three. And that's really going to be the primary thing he has to figure out how to deal with. Do we like that for this character? Or were we hoping it would be more like, oh, what's his next mission? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the Bounty Hunter conceit. Uh, luckily, we did get a teaser at the end of that, that the, of the Book of Boba Fett, which I'm hoping that will maybe become the Bounty Hunter kind of show. Uh, maybe continue kind of the Western style that we got in the first two seasons of, Man- yeah. of The Mandalorian. I think The Mandalorian now has a chance to sort of become uh, maybe almost like a... Like this, like Ronin, like samurai kind of thing, <laughs> like going back to claim the throne and and bring his people back to their home planet. And wow, what a way to develop this character! So yeah. I'm excited for that possibility of like really getting mm-hmm. deeper and deeper into Din Djarin. I mean, obviously, he's not he wasn't born on Mandalore. He was yeah. kind of like adopted, and and you know, it, being being a Mandalorian does not mean you're from the planet. Um, because actually, I think if you go back to Jango Fett, is not actually born on Mandalore no. either. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, so I, I think I'm excited about the character possibilities of like kind of like this, uh, this you know, uh, maybe uh, reluctant king yeah. that has to kind of like take back, you know, his yeah. his home planet and, and, and bring his people back together. So that's, that's exciting. Yeah. And then I think Boba Fett could kind of take on the bounty hunter side of it. Um, so I think there's a lot of great storytelling possibilities. But yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, the Bounty Hunter thing's awesome. I mean, like, uh, it, it like really the first like, two is. or three. Ep- I mean, season really one, the first is. two or three episodes before, like, really, he was with Grogu, were some of the coolest things ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Even in this season, they found a way to like have a. It, it was almost like procedural, where he gets to a planet and has to help a person solve a thing. Mm-hmm. So when we're fighting an ice spider, we're fighting fighting a sand shark, mm-hmm. you know. So, I guess as long as it still somehow keeps that element of like. Din out on assignment dealing with a crazy mission every episode. Mm-hmm. 
You know, because I don't know. It, to me, it sounds tricky. And listen, I'm not the one in the writing room. I'm not, not the one. Not the one. Figure. Go. I mean, I know not you probably thought Mario's writing The Mandalorian. Believe not. it or not, I'm not. But when I think about where we go from here, like a part of me feels like this gets very sort of esoteric in a way. Hear me out. Mm -hmm. Because when he meets Bo-Katan, they basically liken to being a Mandalorian to being like a religious person. Like a, like, a, like a religious zealot, almost. Yeah. Like culty. And, oh, you want to take off your helmet. Yeah, and they were saying, like, basically, you're part of, like, the more extreme version of the religion, and we're part of the more cool part of the religion. Yeah. We take, take our helmets off, and we have different We're rules. Mandalorian light. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're diet Mandalorian. So, so I'm, like, wondering, too, like, it, like if we're going to tackle being the king of Mandalore, I feel like one of the main topics would have to be figuring out you know, how does a guy who apparently belongs to the most extreme sect of Mandalorianness mm -hmm. suddenly become the king of all of Mandalore? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I just, I guess it, it definitely opens up some interesting storytelling challenges, but th they don't sound all that sexy to me. You know what I mean? It sounds a little bit like this gets a little like philosophical might get too heavy. and like a dissection of religious extremism like yeah i'm just i guess i'm just like i hope I, they, I don't know if they'll they probably won't it's in good hands i don't <laughs> think they'll go down that route but i'm i'm interested to see that a little because i think some of the most fun stuff about star wars and you know we'll get into this even more i i'd love to like talk about uh maybe later the future of star wars and and a lot of the announcements that just happened and, and you know kind of how that could work I love seeing like these, these like you know the the lore, the backstory, the little tidbits of this universe that we've never got to hear and see before, and like that's interesting to me. So, but there's a fine line. There is because you were with me mm -hmm. on the fact that Solo, a Star Wars story, didn't really need to get made. No, because, but I love that movie. But, I mean, no, but it, it, and we, and but we both ended up loving it, didn't and we have that great commentary. Which now that there isn't a Patreon, I'm just going to release free of charge. Oh, that's. Totally right? right, we did that. We're gonna release oh, the so Patreon. We we have a commentary track for Solo Star Wars story, but mm. even though we talked all kinds of smack about that damn movie, it ended up being great, right? But mm -hmm. well, the point is this: you and I agree that like not every little stone needs to be unturned. Sometimes it's okay to not over-explain everything. You know, like I don't, I, I didn't necessarily need to know how Han won the Millennium Falcon. You know what I mean? Right. I didn't necessarily need to know how he met Chewie. Their relationship in the original trilogy gave me everything I needed just based on that. Even, and, and, and with him and Solo, that whole sort of un I mean, sorry him and Lando yes that whole like uneven I don't know if I can trust you dynamic like Harrison Ford and Billy D Williams and the script for Empire Strikes Back pretty much nailed that I didn't right. need any additional background on that so I guess my question is like it, I mean uh, not a question but like it is a fine line between over explaining something right. and just simply shedding some light on something that, like, oh, you know, I I always kind of wondered how that happened. Right. Well, I think I think you make a good point, but uh, the thing that I think is different is that uh, Din Djarin is a new character. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have that, you know, history or, like, uh, I don't know what the word I want is, that, like, you know, Han Solo had and all that stuff. He is a new character, and, like I said, and, and again, I'm, I've watched, like, five episodes into The Clone Wars, but... I think that this season three is going to close off or continue storylines from the Clone Wars. 
Um, oh. So there is kind of, it's different that there is a precedent for some of the stuff that I think is about to come to pass. Yeah. I, I This is a lot of wine. Yeah, but you're not drinking it. I, I am. I'm about to. So uh, that's the difference is that like, he, I think they have a little more flexibility and he's not as necessarily sacred as mm. someone like Han or, or, or Orlando. So I think they have that benefit. Well, and again, like I said, it's it's continuing a story that's been set up and established. Because um, I think the 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 um, siege of Mandalore is like a huge part of the Clone Wars. And has that been... A, I, mean, I guess you wouldn't know. Like, I don't has know. Has that been very expanded upon, or has there, has that been explored? I think the planet was like destroyed, or like I don't think it was. Dest- it wasn't destroyed. Obviously, they're gonna go back. Um, I think the Empire did something to it, like they like terraformed it and like made it like inhabitable or something like that. Hmm. So it's still around. I don't think they blew it up like Alderaan. Yeah. So th- there's that. So again, I'm speaking. I'm sure someone watching this probably knows way more than me. Um, so you know, uh, let us know. Let us know in the comments. Uh, hey. But okay, so let me ask you though, because when it comes to the Star Wars stuff and the idea of like over explaining things, you know, a lot of stuff was, you know, announced last week. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be Kenobi and there's which is going to finally sort of flesh in, you know, where Obi-Wan was between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um but there's also stuff that's like completely new stuff like this one, like the Acolyte or the Rangers of the High Republic. You know, the, 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 there's a bunch of shows that, that were announced that like have nothing seemingly to do with anything. So I guess I'm just curious, like in terms of things that are coming, are you more interested in things that are connected to things, you know, already, or you are more excited about things that are like completely just, I don't know anything about this. But it's set in Star Wars, and I want to see somebody new create something new in Star Wars. I am so glad you asked this question. <laughs> I, I wanted this is like I've been begging Mary to come on the show to talk about this. So with all the announcements we just had, let's yeah. let's address that first. Um, I think this is a really great idea to continue the known Star Wars universe in these little series: the Andor, Book of Boba Fett, mm. uh, Mandalorian. Mm. Uh, oh my God! What else? We so- Ahsoka. Um, who, uh, we should talk about. That. The of we the should talk about that Republic. episode, the yeah. Ahsoka episode, because I'm like stealth Jedi with was the coolest thing ever. Um, There's a droid show about all the droids. Yeah, that one I could give or take. Yeah, <laughs> I could leave. There's, I could leave uh, uh, there's the book of Boba Fett itself. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think about the other ones that were announced, but I mean a lot yeah. was announced. But but in in general, like <laughs> I think that's a great way. Like I kind of don't want to see any more films that connect to the known Star Wars universe anymore. Okay, I really don't. Um, I think the series is a great way, uh, you know, to bring on you know new people or like you know fans like us that are like older that grew up with it to continue like that world we know and love. Um, now also there's a new book series. Again, Ooh. I don't think, I think there's like, I don't even know if the book's out yet, but I don't know. Um, they announced that they're doing like this new, uh, it's like a prequel to all the prequels. I think it's even before like the famed Knights of the old Republic. Really? From Bioware. It's called the high Republic. Star Wars, the high Republic. Well, you that, mentioned it. Yeah. The Rangers of the high Republic. Okay. So there's also the book series is starting this off. And Ooh. if you've, and oh, I have a lot to say about See, it. I don't know stuff. So I've read, a, I, again, I don't think it's out yet. Or I don't be. read good. Yeah. We don't read well. Well, exactly. Well, hey! all right. So, uh, this takes place like 
way, 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 way before mm. anything that we've seen. So, like, they basically have, like, carte blanche to do whatever they want. Um, the, Excellent use of carte blanche. Thank you. Uh, they, uh... <laughs> This guy, this guy, let me tell you. Um, so they, uh, if you've seen some of the artwork, they've released stuff. Yeah. It's, um, there's seem to be at this point, there are a lot of Jedi. Jedi seem to be like very, very around. <laughs> they're okay. available. They're, they're in uh what do you call it? They're, they're, very, uh, what's the word? They're in high supply. Thank you. That's what I wanted. They're in high <laughs> supply and the high Republic. Get your, uh, Jedi. They're available everywhere. There's a lot Amazon. of Jedi. So we're not at the point where like, you know, there's no Jedi left and killed. They're, they're apparently like, they're pretty big in the galaxy. And, uh, if you've seen some of the, <laughs> I'm artwork, just picturing Ron Burgundy. Yeah. <laughs> Jedi. I'm a pretty big deal. I'm a pretty big Jedi. I'm man. pitching Will Ferrell in Jedi robes. Yes. Saying, I'm a pretty big deal. Yes. Well, I want to say that the the illustrations that have come out so far, um, these Jedi are just very ornate. It's very Arthurian, uh, Game of Ooh. Thrones, Knights of the Round Table, like white and gold. Well, that's what. Yeah. Very fancy clothes. The lightsabers. Um, I don't know. Some purists might get angry, but the yeah. lightsabers are very ornate. They have hilts. Uh, not unlike Kylo Ren's, but they look a little nicer. They're like. They don't look like they were handmade. They look like, like they this. were like maybe made by Apple. Um, yeah. So they had like a big company pumping out the lightsabers. So it's yeah, it's it seems really cool, and it it, it like I said get, it has a Game of Thrones vibe, which makes me think when the Game of Thrones guys were doing Star Wars, Many I wonder if they advice. had I wonder if they had something to do with that because I can't help but like oh oh this is very medieval yeah. kind of looking. So anyway, uh, that's kind of this new thing that's happening, and I'm wondering uh, when Ryan Johnson, I think he's still working on this new trilogy, or when they do decide. I don't even know what's happening. I don't know. I think that disappeared. Bro. You might be right. I, I don't think Ryan Johnson, but is I would imagine alive anymore. Yeah, he, he might be gone. Um, but I imagine when they, uh, you, you see, you do this and you just kill my train of thought. <laughs> I imagine uh, that when they were possibly, and hopefully they're still thinking of a future for Star Wars, they were maybe going to go in that direction and say, "Hey, let's just go back," like you know. A really, really, really long time ago, um, even before all that stuff, yeah. and then kind of have this like new, you know, uh, take on everything. Um, but uh, you know, now that we have we have this book series, I imagine they're gonna, like you said, they're probably doing some show based off of it because they're gonna probably want to tie it into the books. Of course, yeah. Not. Synergy, guys, synergy. Hey, um, synergy. But what I'm hoping, I think, for the future, if like a new film series, and I want to ask you too, and, and yeah. everyone listening. I kind of want something completely new. I don't want to see the old retro future look, the big buttons, uh, the same planets, maybe not even the same ships. I know this like might be blasphemy, but we're getting that in the series. The Star Wars you know and love and maybe want to still explore is going to exist in some form. I think that the smart play and what I want to see is like, what is the soul of Star Wars? You know, maybe it's just a long time ago in another galaxy far, far away, mm -hmm. which I mean, like they kind of have to do that line exactly as I said it. <laughs> and uh, also, I think like they keep things like that and the opening crawl. But I think we get. Yeah, I'm going to say it. I think we get rid of the John Williams score. I think we do. I want all new. I want a new composer. I want a new creative team. Oh maybe John Favreau God. and David Filoni because they know what's going on. Um, I want. I want something brand new, something different. No, I don't want it to be dark like Blade Runner. I don't want it to be like some cyberpunk, steampunk thing. And Star Wars is a little steampunk, I think, as it is. Um, very kind of like old. There's like a lot of like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, poorish kind of looking planets and stuff. And then like only like the Galactic Empire and the Republic had like actual tech. I want something completely new and different because I'm getting the Star Wars I love still. 
They yeah. announced 40 series. I mean, <laughs> we're going to be covered. You have to figure at least two or three seasons out of all of them. We are good for like the next like 20 years. I think Star Wars has to evolve well, and become something new and different, not connected to anything that we've seen before. Well, before I answer you about that, I, just I, gave you definitely, I just gave you a lot. I have an answer about that for sure. Okay. But before I get to it, I have to ask you, like, did any of that feeling dampen your excitement for what happened in that finale? Because let me, let me, let me tell you what happened with me. Okay. I've been loving The Mandalorian as something that feels like new, a little familiar because of the Baby Yoda thing, but primarily kind of something that feels like, oh, wow, Favreau and Filoni Mm -hmm. are exploring something that we haven't really seen in live action before. And so when the Skywalker thing happened... There was, believe it or not, even through all of my excitement, there was a small percentage of me that was like, oh, so this is also connected to the Skywalker saga. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like part of what excited me about the Mandalorian was like getting to see a new creator to this world. Yeah. And it's a creator I love. I love Fevro. I love Filoni. Getting to see, I mean, I don't know Filoni from Clone Wars, but from what I've seen from what he's done in Mandalorian, I freaking love Filoni. (laughs) But, um, you know, I have appreciation for what they're bringing to things. And primarily what I was excited about was we're venturing into uncharted territory. And yes, okay, the Baby Yoda thing feels a little familiar, Mm -hmm. but this is still primarily a corner of the Star Wars galaxy that I've never really gotten to see before. Mm -hmm. So having all of these last two seasons build to a Luke Skywalker thing feels almost like, so was all of this stuff just to build up to another nostalgic high point, which again... It was a high point. It worked. <laughs> I got to see Luke be freaking Luke, and it was amazing. But there's still that part of me that was like, well, mm-hmm. the part of me that liked that this that this was unexplored new territory is now having to confront that this is directly linked to the Skywalker saga and what happened with Luke. Right. So I guess, yeah, you know, I want to just counter your question before I answer. I'm just... Was did you feel any of that, or 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 did it or or did it not really factor in at all? This idea of, well, here's a bunch of nostalgia all of a sudden. No, I mean, I definitely, I definitely had a hint of that as well. I was yeah. like, okay, it's still, it's still, you're still not really getting away from everything. Yeah. And uh, you know, just to add on to that, and I, I kind of said it before too, but uh, I think in season three, and I'll know more when I finish the Clone Wars. But for people that do watch the Clone Wars. I think that season three is not, I mean, it will be new, but it's going to very much tie into something, the Clone Wars, Wars, which we've had already. So I think this, as as new as these first two seasons were, and they bring it back, I still think we're kind of going into charted territory with like little, little, uh, you know, uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, You know, the things when you go out of something. Yeah. The branching path. Words? I don't know. We don't know words. I don't know words. Listen, I blame this $5 bottle of Frontera uh, uh, Cabernet. Wine? It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. A Cabernet Sauvignon. For why we might have yeah. lost our train of thought just now. 
But I, I can bring it back. Excursions. I'm that good. These excur- I meant excursion. I want like excursions. These tangents. There's little tangents and excursions outside of it, but I think at the end of the day, they're still connecting to something that was there already. Um, so again, and that just leads back into what I was saying is so. Like, so I want- and, and and again, my question becomes, you know, with the Mandalorian, like, did it bum you out at all that it suddenly became very attached at the hip to the Skywalker saga again. Here we are once again with here's Luke and this entire thing has been building to getting baby Yoda to Luke. Like we've kind mm-hmm. of seen Luke and Yoda already. Yeah. But I mean, listen, if it didn't bug you, I wasn't, then so I wasn't be it. bummed, but I definitely had a tinge of like, oh, okay, it's, it's still, it's not really charting its own path as much as I thought it would. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, I wasn't bummed. Like, yeah. I, I, but I, I definitely was like, okay, like, you know, but at the same time I was just so thrilled <laughs> so, because yeah. to, to answer your question, I'm dying for a star Wars movie that has nothing to do with anything we've seen already. Right. You know, well, as I'm saying, and, this, this high Republic thing too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's nothing to do with anything we've seen already, but mm-hmm. it's still Jedi. It's still lightsabers. Can, can star Wars exist without X-Wings, lightsabers, that score. Can it be something completely different where it doesn't have any of the elements but is somehow in its soul still Star Wars? And I think it could be. I want that. Yeah, and that's what what I want too. I want something new. I love the nostalgia. We live in the age of nostalgia of the 80s and 90s at this point. I'm with you. But... And I love it. And I kind of still want it. But again, I'm getting it. They announced 40 series. 40. 40 (laughs) series. They announced 40 series last week. I don't know why I'm using 40 in particular, but yeah, I think there was 40. So, pretty sure it was 40. So, it was probably 40. I don't, you know, like, I good. Like, I'm, I'm, and I, I'm excited and I'm getting my fix there. Like, I need new things, I think, in yeah. my life. Well, that's the thing. So, to, to answer your question, like, you know, before I now. Even pivot. Zelda had to change. So, <laughs> 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 To answer your question, yes, I'm dying for a movie. Like, in my heart of hearts, I would love it if someone with the skill of a Ryan Johnson, which is a lot coming from me because Mm -hmm. I had my issues with episode eight. Mm -hmm. I I know that you and Vanessa were big on The Last Jedi. I remember that episode because I was the odd man out who had some concerns about it. So... I would love to get somebody like a Ryan Johnson to give us an episode one. Yeah. I want an episode one from someone like that. Because my issue with, 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 with what Ryan Johnson did was that I loved 95% of what he was going for, mm-hmm. but it felt like a weird thing to suddenly stick into episode eight of a nine episode story. Right. It felt like he was trying too hard to make star Wars something new and different when, well, yeah, but you're the middle chapter in a trilogy right now. Mm-hmm. You need to set up episode nine. You need to give whoever the next storyteller is some stuff to build towards and now give us a huge, satisfying conclusion to an episode nine. Yeah. So that is where Ryan Johnson let me down. But the idea of someone like that coming in and making Star Wars their own excites the hell out of yeah. me. Well, everyone complained that seven was too similar. 
So then eight was way different. Everyone got yeah. mad. And honestly, J.J. Abrams, uh, I'm going to say it. Uh, Uh-oh. He, he you what? would you would not have been. Jaja Abrams. Jaja Abrams. <laughs> uh, <laughs> eight would not have been as bad if Jaja Abrams was bold enough and brave enough to really continue what Ryan Johnson had set up. Episode nine had the chance to retroactively make eight great. And they were too scared. And also, I don't think. But I think they also never had a plan. Seven grade, and it didn't. You're right, but but and then that goes back to what I was just just about to say. There was no plan. It was that is the big thing, right? Chaos. Um. So So hang on. Yeah. Can we preface whatever point you have about this? That was the point. (laughs) That was the point. Well, because (laughs) I'm so glad you brought it up. Yeah. Because I was going to ask you, like, now that we've seen the Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. okay? Now that we've seen what could happen. When somebody who knows how to be nostalgic yet break new ground yes. can actually sequelize Return of the Jedi. My question to you is, does a part of you wish that they had never done the sequel trilogy hmm. and that instead we could have had the Mandalorian and all these other Disney Plus type TV series to expand the, the 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 mythology, and then show us what episodes seven, eight, nine should and could be. Because that's how I feel. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Because oh. listen, Return of the Jedi, it, it ended perfectly. It ended the story. It was. Per- it really did, and just seven, eight, nine. Didn't do anything. It continued the story, I guess, but it ultimately just said Kylo Ren's bad, and now he's redeemed. And you did, you just did the same story again, but maybe not as good. I mean, that's the thing that I'm hoping too with Mandalorian, though, because they did kind of delve into the fact that like the Empire is rising from the ashes, and I would love to find out how that becomes the First Order. So I guess uh, which, we're going, we're getting there. I mean, that, that's so I guess, 100% there. I mean. Uh, quick, finish your finish your thought. No, but I, I guess like part of what excites me about all these shows that were just announced is that, and I brought this up on 120, episode 120, was that hopefully they can make episodes seven, eight, and nine even better by adding to the lore and giving greater context for what happened in seven, eight. I'm just and about nine. to say this because <laughs> without the greater context. A part of me feels like seven, eight, nine shouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Because you, like you anyway. maybe thought of this already, but for those who maybe didn't catch on, the whole reason Moff Gideon wants Grogu's blood is to make a better clone body for Palpatine. He has a high midichlorian count. All the clone bodies have been failing. Like the Snoke. Remember in Episode Nine, you saw all the failed Snoke bodies in those tanks. That is why. Why do you think he wants his blood? He's Why so, do you keep melting my brain? He's retro they are retroactively kind he of making the new trilogy better. But that that's the reason why they need the blood. They're they're already Moff Gideon is he's part of the first order. They're not called that yet. But they already have stuff going on in the outer rim, the Exegol, all that stuff is there. They didn't name drop it yet. But why that's why they need his blood. They needed something to make a stronger clone body. All of the clone bodies have failed, with the exception of the clone body for Ray's father. I, I hate he you so much. Why didn't I think of this? He was a fa- <laughs> Ray's father is technically a failed Palpatine clone. I mean, he is a failed Palpatine clone. 
He wasn't You're strong enough failed Palpatine to, to like have enough midichlorian count to support Palpatine's body. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's why she's Palpatine's grandchild. So they actually are kind of retroactively making it better, but I mean, still, the, it's still a mess. So, um, so again, to answer your question, I'm with you. I want something new in my heart of heart, and that's the only thing that kind of confuses me about how to feel about Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron, is that what I really want is an episode one. Yeah. I want the beginning of an all-new saga. Rogue Squadron sounds like it's just going to be another fill-in movie. Yeah. And here's hoping, fingers crossed, here's hoping it's a fill-in for some era of Star Wars that we've never seen before. I swear, if she... I mean, <laughs> it's tough because I want her to... I love what you said before about her expanding on Oscar Isaac's Poe Dameron. Yeah. But another part of me also feels like I love to see her tackle something I've never seen before. You know what right. I mean? But I mean, the fact that you are, uh, it, it's implied they're, they're still in the world of X-Wings and TIE Fighters, I yeah, think. Yeah. So, I mean, like, how different really could it be? It's still attached to the New Republic and most likely the Empire or the First Order. So, if they set it between the OG trilogy and the New Trilogy, you're kind of in the Mandalorian zone. Um, that's what I call it. The Mandalorian zone. Uh <laughs> to the Mandalorian zone. All right, so uh, you have that. <laughs> then you, then or you have the be- between uh, the prequel trilogy and the OG trilogy, or it's just like a mission that happened like during the years of you know between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Because we do have yeah. like what how what, how long's the gap between that? Like five years, I think, between Empire what and Return. Um, Empire and Return. Mandalorian's five years after Return. I know that. Yeah, I'm not exactly. There positive. is a there is actually a, a, a several year gap between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Um, that makes sense. And I don't remember exactly, so forgive me. I might um, have known before wine. Yeah, wine happens. It's wine o'clock on Christmas Day. Oh, I don't like that you said that. Sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, so yeah, it, it's that, that's. That's where I'm at. So yeah, I don't, I don't know where you said it. Um, uh, you actually mentioned something on the last episode. <laughs> That he listens to my show. I do listen to the show, which is weird because he's one of my really good friends. I can just tell real, him what I'm thinking. He's a real life, really good friend. So then what happens is I listen to the podcast because I drive all day. That's what I do. And then I find myself trying to talk back to him like I'm on the phone with him. <laughs> I'm just not joking. I sometimes like want to say stuff to you and I'm like, oh, it's not really him. I'm not on the phone with Mario. Um, but it, hey, it's a testament to how good he is as a conversationalist that I feel like my friend is in the car with me. So there you go. he's a tremendous podcaster, as you as you already oh, know. Oh, stop! Um, so he's good. So Keep going. But yeah, uh, you actually brought up uh, Dash Rendar. <laughs> yes, and I Shadow did. of the Empire. And so, <laughs> what a great N64 game. Uh, but I, and actually, so fun fact: I actually read the novel. You did? It's the one, like, 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 wow. like Legends. St- well, now they're called Star Wars Legends. They're not, like, canon anymore. But it's the I one. Know, I know, It's I know. the one that I did read. Although, slowly, everything's becoming canon. Like, they, they yeah. want to bring in Thrawn and other things. Oh, yeah, things they're bringing stuff up. in now. So. But anyway, keep going. But uh, that book's really cool. It's a cool story. And it actually does intersect. The only thing is it does intersect with Leia and Luke and, and Empire Strikes Back. Uh, yeah, because it's like right before. But what's cool, and if you if you played the game or obviously read the book, the end is basically a three way fight between the Empire, the Republic, and then I forgot the he's a green man, <laughs> and he has pheromones, and he tries to seduce Leia, and he's as this on the ship called the Skyhook. 
That's all I really remember. I forgot his name. Couldn't it has you. an X, I think. It's like Xanadu or something. It's not Xanadu. <laughs> That's a, isn't that a musical? Yeah, Xanadu. I think it is. Xanadu. Xanadu. It's like a roller skating That's the one musical. that did in Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, way to go. It's Starlight Express or something. It's not that. Wow. Uh, Xanadu. So, I don't know. He has a weird name. But, uh, yeah, that, that that what's cool, in the, especially in the game, there's a three-way fight. So, like, everyone's an enemy. Like, the Republic wants to kill the Green Man and Empire. The Empire wants to kill the Green Man and the Republic. And the Green Man wants to kill both them. Yeah. So, it's like a crazy dogfight. Like, which is wow. kind of, it's a three-way, like, fight. Wow. So, that's actually pretty cool. There's a lot of really, really neat stuff in that. Um, so... So when it comes to like unexplored territory, you're down to just check out some stuff we've never seen before. Yeah. Right? But like, let me ask you also though, now that we've opened up this Luke doorway, okay? And I'm surprised I can remember this because I've had four glasses of wine. Yes, I want it. Whatever you're about to say. Yes. (laughs) No, but him. Now that we've opened this Luke doorway, do you want to see more of luke between episode six and seven all right or rather luke between six and eight when we get to him on octo i am a thousand percent on board with sebastian stan which is a <laughs> that's what i was gonna i he's a you. good actor we should podcast together we should we have good well, ideas because everyone was so mad that like uh was it alden Ehrenreich? alden, alden Ehrenreich didn't look like han solo although i did think he did a great job in the film uh you know whatever at me don't at me don't at me even at though me. he was like five foot eight i'm gonna bring yeah. back a, a joke from the play at loudcast at me if i'm wrong dog um <laughs> so yeah whatever he didn't look sebastian stan looks like looks like yes, Mark he Hamill. Does. he's a really good actor i've seen him in more stuff than just winter soldier he's talented um just give it to me. Like, I, I am... I am... <laughs> I love, just, just give, give it, it to me. Uh, at this point, like, uh, uh, yeah. Get, he... I trust that guy enough. And again, uh, if you have, like, Favreau and Filoni involved, or, like, even, honestly, any of the directors that have been working on The Mandalorian with them, like, that team they put together, Taika Waititi, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, what's his face? The guy he was going to do Flash. Rick uh, Fuka... Wa- Rick Famuyima. Fam- Famuyima. Rick Famuyima. Famuyima. Um, Famuyima. Uh, so, yeah, him. And then there was... Uh, actually, fun fact, too. Ant-Man's Peyton Reed directed that season finale. He, he was so from good. From Mandalorian season two. He was so good. Um, and then what's uh, Deborah... Um, Deborah uh, Cho. Cho, who's doing the Obi-Wan series. There's a great group of people there. Yeah, I would love to see... Maybe uh, get now. Maybe we switch to a series with Luke and Grogu. I don't know. I mean, so that, I don't actually. I don't want that. But I do. I would like to see Luke uh, in between. Maybe like he's just solo. Like we should totally do like like a like a like a Ronin thing. And because Luke is just by himself, just taking down little like Empire outposts. I am all about that. And then lead to him. You know, lead up to yeah the Kylo Ren uh, the Kylo Ren moment where he you know had. I want to talk about this really quick, too. Okay, I'm sorry, bring side it. T- side Do tangent. it. You're on my show. I'm here. I brought you on here to do what you do. I'm the fun boy. <laughs> do what you do. <laughs> so, um, I, I have no more wine in this bottle. Terrible. Uh, I am all... Uh, to all the people that are like, hated Luke in The Last Jedi, and, and they I've seen a lot of people say, you know, he would never do that. He would never have a lapse in judgment. I mean, I'm going to make the argument... I think throughout the original trilogy, you see Luke struggle 
between light and dark. Mm -hmm. In the cave in Empire Strikes Back, fighting against it, we see him almost turn to the dark side in Return of the Jedi against his father. Yeah. And obviously he has the better judgment. But even the fact that, listen, Return of the Jedi, he shows up in the all black, just like Anakin. Every other Jedi where it's like beige and white. He's wearing all black. The fact that, you know, people were mad that he, you know, almost killed Kylo Ren in, in that flashback sequence. That's right on par for him. And just to add to it now with the season finale of Mandalorian season two, one of the big things that people talk about, most Jedis, when you see them use the force, they use what they call, I'm going to get really nerdy right now. They use the force push. There's really not force choking from Jedi. It's force pushing. I don't know if you noticed, but there's one part where Luke in the season finale crushes. straight up crushes a dude. I mean, it's not a guy, it's a robot, but he gets one of those dark troopers and he crushes it. So I argue that you see Luke, I think, tapping into both sides of the force. I, I think he's always been a conflicted character. And for those who are saying, shut up, Brett, <laughs> like, it makes him more interesting. It's No one is interesting when they're purely good. Yes. It's the same argument, like... It's one of the reasons why I I like Man of Steel in suit. That, that's one of my, that's my favorite Superman. Movie. I like it now too, and I know you like it now too, um, because it's not to like, you know it's not to say that he's it's you know that you can't have an interesting You're character perfect that's all, all the time. Yeah, it's not like I mean maybe you could have a good character that's perfect all the time, but like there it's human. It's like we struggle between that every day, light and dark. It's 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 the it's the everlasting battle until the day you die. It's the struggle between light and dark. So the people that say like that Ryan Johnson, you know, that's one thing I don't have a problem with in that movie, the way he depicted Luke. I, I could totally, I think that was way in character. Like Mark Hamill didn't even agree with that. And I think he's wrong. And listen, I'm with you. There's been a lot of people who have been complaining ever since episode eight of season two yeah. came out that Favreau is trying to retcon, trying to retcon yeah. uh, the way Luke is shown in At The Brett Last Con Jedi. On Twitter. and i don't see it there's so much time between what we just saw and what happens in episode eight and and they even keep the convention of like that lone uh, x-wing yeah that he's always traveling around doing things on his own we've been watching since episode eight where he goes to Dagobah in the X-Wing, and then goes to the Cloud City on the in the A-Wing. In Episode 9... Uh, no, 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 Episode 9. In Episode 6, he goes to Tatooine to save Han Solo and Leia on the X-Wing. Like, there's nothing about what we just saw that actually cancels out what we've seen. His, listen, and there's so much time between him getting Grogu and what happens in Episode 8 that's like, anyone who's trying to say that Favreau is trying to contradict... Ryan Johnson, like you're not paying attention. He there's so much room, and on top of that, if anything, it makes Episode Eight more fascinating. Yeah, that like even a few years after Return of the Jedi, he was still thinking he could train some some new, you know, Padawan and create a new Jedi Order. By the time we get to see him in Episode Eight, he doesn't think any of that. He thinks that the entire Jedi Order should disappear, that it's not good anymore, that it's not relevant anymore, that it's caused more harm than good. And he's right. The movies show that through the prequel trilogy all the way up to that moment. They prove that. But listen, like, the fact that, like, oh, Luke is so good. His father even struggled with the light and the dark. That whole Clone Wars series is about that. The prequels are all about that. He even changed from the dark side back to the light at the end of Return of the Jedi. Of course he'd almost kill his nephew. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, like, like why? Like, yeah, like, why? 
why is that like such like a, I know everyone just wants like Luke to be pure, but like it's not interesting. It's not interesting no. to be completely pure. It's more interesting that he did try. And, and listen, listen again, we have uh, we're talking about uh, the, the the inevitable Sebastian Stan series where we see that that actual transformation happen. I mean, I think if we saw that and it was done well, I think people would change their tune. Yeah. You know, but it, it doesn't not make sense that he would have done that. Yeah. It does not at all. It's like, it's probably the most human part of the new, the new yeah. trilogy yeah. is that, you know, I, I just kind of wish maybe that he made it to episode nine. That was maybe like, maybe my big thing, you know? Uh, I mean, if they had known that Carrie Fisher was going to die, they yeah. might've kept him around. Yeah. No, I, I, know, think, I think they would have. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, there's a whole bunch of obviously like real world things that affected that. A lot of real world things that affected that, that movie. Um, and the director changes last minute. I mean, there was a mess. Like it was a public mess. Isn't it fascinating how like this series has the capability of making hypocrites out of us. Yeah. Because there's the part of us that's like, I want something totally new. I want episode one, two, three of an all new trilogy about a family I've never seen before, a bloodline that I've never known before, the origin of the Jedi and the Sith and the this and the that. But if there was a Luke Skywalker series on... Yeah, I'm still, I'm still tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, I want to see that. I mean, listen, if there's if there's if there's interesting story <laughs> to mine, I'm uh, like, you know, Mario, you can speak to this too. Like, yeah. we both come from the theater. We have like theater degrees from college. Like, we love the art of acting. We love character development. We love story. Someone having an arc starting one way and ending another. Yeah, we we love that. We're like, that's the we're drawn to that. So yeah. if you can give me a good story, I am just on board. I, I, again, like, you know, did I need the Han Solo movie? No, but I thought the story was good. It was so good. It was really good. Um, you know, and, and oh, I think we're getting a land. Uh, one of the 40 series is a Lando series, but they haven't announced if it's Donald Glover, which I'm like, if it's not, then I don't. Then want don't it. even freaking <laughs> That's one bother. Thing. I don't want it if it's not Donald Glover. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's just like, for me, I, I think the people that were cli- crying blasphemy, I mean, I think you're wrong. And I think, I think, uh, sorry, I think you're wrong. Uh, Favreau and Filoni, I think really... They did. Luke barely said anything in that, but just watching him go through those dark troopers shows you. And, and there's also like some, I think this is like also stuff that's in like the new, the like some of the novels and books with legends, but there's actually a whole concept of the gray Jedi that are able to oh, pull. Yeah, the, yeah. They kind of, honestly, like they touched on it in episode eight with the big tree and the book of uh, the book of the Jedi and, and everything. The book of the wills or the whatever of, the hell yeah, that yeah. is. Yeah. The wills and like all the stuff, but there, there's like stuff in the books of Jedi uh, that are able to master and pull from both the light and dark side, and they're like basically the strongest ones. And I, I, I was actually hoping that they were gonna maybe touch on that in Episode Eight with Luke, that like he did kind of was able to master it, but then you know uh, eventually came to the decision that you know uh, no Jedi's are not good. This is bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. And also like you actually the the fact that it's called the last jedi i mean like the fact that like i keep seeing jedi introduced in like the clone wars and even like we see ahsoka still around during the mandalorian mm-hmm. like you know i'm like so he never really was i just think like he maybe thinks he is because he's not in contact with any other ones but there's a lot of jedi i think still out there in universe yeah i think That's so me too what do i, I what so do too. i know brett brother man i just need to thank you for coming on the show Thank this you. week. Thank you. For a very fanboy Christmas. I need to say too, like, I'm sorry that things in my life got so complicated that the the Revengers became something I couldn't really follow up on too often. 
But not your fault. <laughs> you came on the fanboy, and I want to have you on more often. So I just want to say, like, sorry for what happened with the Avengers. You don't need to apologize for that, but thank you. Like, thanks, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but thank you for coming on the fanboy. This has been an awesome talk, hasn't it? So, Brett, how can people find you on the Instagram? Since you're such an inspirational figure. So I'll be honest, I am like, since the Avengers stopped, I am like really bad on social media. Like I'm almost non-existent. So I apologize to people that I used to talk to and that I don't do anything anymore. Brett doesn't exist I'm going to try to be better about it, but uh, I'm mostly on Twitter. Um, I am on Instagram too, but I don't post anything fun. So follow me on Twitter. It's at BrettCon5. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll be, I, I would especially love to hear from y'all, um, regarding, you know, the stuff we discussed about today. I would ha- be happy to continue on it. Mario, thank you for having me. Dude. It was so nice to get, come. I've been like holding all this in for like, <laughs> a, like seriously, since the Revengers ended, I've been holding so much nerd geek stuff in. So I'm so happy to have been able to come on and do that. I would love to do this more. I mean, we will. if we can even resurrect the Revengers at some point, um, I'm, I'm in. Banana. Banana. Are you paying attention? Um, I know, I know you're with the fanboy garage now so i don't blame you because we didn't we didn't we you know to come full circle we uh, banana was actually like a big proponent of trying to get the revenge she going was again. trying to get this going she was, again and yes. it was you know a life you know so uh it just is what it is but yeah maybe we'll get that going again maybe we'll do something i don't know you might see me start doing video game stuff again um, I'm hoping, uh, we'll see, uh, maybe cautiously wait for like the middle of January. There might be something from me. Hey! Um, if not, uh, I'll definitely, I'm going to push him to at least have me on. If, if you guys like me, if you hate me, then I won't. But if you like, like this, uh, I'm going to push him that maybe I'll try to do it like, uh, you know, every once a month, every other month or something like that. I would love to, even if it's a uh, via Skype or, yeah. or zoom or something. So, um, you know, thank you for listening to me. Hopefully I didn't disrupt your normal Mario. Uh, episode too much and it's christmas time have a very happy holiday merry christmas whatever you celebrate uh you know festivus for the rest of us thank you brett thank you thank you everyone it's been amazing it's a very fanboy christmas it sure is that was pretty cool huh yeah it's, it's moving into 2021 it's something that I've been toying with now where I kind of want to have a rotating co-host chair where every few weeks, maybe once a month, I'll have someone join me for a show. And it won't be like an interview or anything like that. It'll more just somebody else to bounce these geek topics off of and to kind of add some extra perspective to the show. And, you know, I have a lot of great friends in this uh, in this realm of the world who have already mentioned that they'd love to come on the Fanboy and talk some geekness with me, including people who write for other sites, people who have their own podcasts. So you'll see. In the that's something that's coming up in the year to come. And speaking of things that are coming up in the year to come, next week is New Year's Eve and I will be taking New Year's off. So there will not be a new episode of the show next week. I will be back the following Friday after New Year's Eve, which I believe that's probably January 6th or 7th. I should probably know that sort of thing. Um, But yes, so I will see you guys again in two weeks. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas day, or if you're watching this afterward, I hope you had a great holiday, 
no matter what you were celebrating or how you celebrated, I know we're all doing the best we can amidst this crazy 2020 that we're in all living through. So I hope you had a great holiday. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Fanboy Podcast. Maybe if you're feeling a little extra generous today for the holiday and you haven't yet written me a review, it would be amazing if you can get on over to Apple Podcasts and leave your boy a five-star review for Christmas. And uh, I will see you in the new year. So until next time, life is chaos. Be kind. Adiós. Thank you.